morning uh, and welcome to Two Up Top. Uh, finally, after that little technical glitch, but we're here now with myself, Gav Mack, and Flo from How Are You, Flo? Good morning, Gav. I'm very good after yesterday's derby win for our team. Thank you very much and uh, good morning and many greetings from the Bayer Leverkusen office where I'm sitting today. Oh, check you out. Ooh, I'm, I'm sitting in Bayern Leverkusen office. Um, well, I'm sitting at home and um, once this show's finished, I will be going back to bed because this is way too early for me. <laughs> um, well, the office is less spectacular than it sounds. So. <laughs> well, there's... Um, there's plenty uh, to talk about on this morning's show. Um, we'll be talking about some danger happening uh, in Bremen. Uh, nobody wants second spot. I think I've decided that. And yeah. um, and Favre, um, Lucien Favre is a fraud. Um, so we'll be talking about those sort of things on this morning's show of Two Up Top uh, Game Day 32 review. Um, where shall we start? I'll tell you what. Let's um, let's talk about um, let's talk about Dortmund. Um, Dortmund versus Mainz. That, as I said, there. Lucien Favre does not want second spot. Um, I don't think he actually wants a job. He's doing everything he can to to, to lose his position there. Dortmund nil, um, Mainz two. It's probably the, the most shocking result of the weekend of, of the w- midweek games. Um, bullet headed from Baku um, uh, the, um, from the cross. Sorry, uh, Baku the right back uh, crossed it in for Burkhart. Uh, to make it 1-0 and uh, yeah, Mateta scored a penalty, which is 27 straight penalties for Mainz. Um, what is going on with Favre and Dortmund? It looked a little bit like, like there was a, a pressure relief in a, in a bad way, in a negative way, because they didn't seem focused and, and it seems like they're all, they can't be champions anymore. Champions League is secured. Season will be over soon, and it looked a little like that. Favre has already closed the book of Borussia Dortmund, like they will separate in summer, maybe, and uh, not going with 100% into this match, and maybe not into the next uh, two upcoming matches they have in the season because the season's already over for them. That's what what was my impression about yesterday's game. Do you think that he deserves to stay for another year? It depends on uh, on the ambitions of Borussia Dortmund. He played two good seasons. Good season. It's okay if you finish second. They always uh, last season they had like around about seventy points. Now they have a little less. So they were playing quite okay. But their ambition is to become champions. And if you want to become champions, you need uh, another coach, I believe, because I couldn't could not see, especially uh, after Christmas, I could not see a development of the team. And they had uh, huge signings in winter with Jan and Haaland and uh, yeah, couldn't become a runner-up for the, for the race of champions or a good runner-up. So mm. I guess a new coach could be an, a good alternative uh, alternative for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. I think it needs it. I think it needs it. Uh, um, since Christmas, I don't know we've had a, a big gap with COVID. We're all fully aware of that. But since Christmas, their whole style of football's changed. They were so fluid and nice and easy on the eye. As I said, uh, I've mentioned a couple of times on previous shows that I feel that Leverkusen and Mönchengladbach play the best football in the league. But it was Dortmund who were playing the best football in the league. And they just seem to have lost all their swagger. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. They don't seem, they don't seem very comfortable playing through the lines anymore. They're not getting the ball out quickly to to Hakimi and to Guerrero. They're going back and using Schmelzer more and Piszczek more. You know, I just think it's... I, I think they're a team that look like they're about to go backwards. And I think something needs to change before they end up doing that. But the question is, who or which manager could be an uh, improvement? You know, who is on the market? Who is free at the moment? Mm. I, I don't really have a name on the list, I have to admit. Well, it's it's a weird time, isn't it? Because normally, what would happen? A team would lose their lose their manager in an even number year, and then they'll be looking at the best talent around the world or around Europe. So they will look at a World Cup, or this year they will look at the situation, what's happening in the Euros, and be like, right, that manager has had a great season. Let's let's have a have a punt on him somewhere, like one club will, which will start a managerial merry-go-round. Well, 
with the Euros not being held this year, that merry-go-round might not happen. And then it could be, you know, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't see where Faber would go next in order for him to come in. But over the years, it will be like, you know, well, Allegri is out of work at the moment. So would Allegri go somewhere and dislodge someone's job? So therefore, that would just create that that circle going round as it normally happens. But yeah, um, I think they might as well just give it to a kid, mate. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think they need to go out there and look for some experience if you do something a little bit like what Hoffenheim did with Nagelsmann or um, as he went on to Leipzig do something like that and just give him a free a free couple of years or like what Chelsea are doing with Lampard you know no pressure just do what you can for a year or two and then let's have a serious dig at Bayern Munich who we're crowned champions on Tuesday night, and let's uh, let's talk about that. Um, Werder Bremen nil, um, Bayern Munich one. Uh, the goal came from Robert Lewandowski. Um, Who else? Yeah, imagine that. Robert Lewandowski scoring a goal. Um, Alfonso Davies was sent off towards the end for a second yellow card. Um, Too late. Yeah. Um, this is what I don't. I don't think he really cared less. To be honest, he knew that he was going to be wearing a fat number eight on his uh, on his shirt at the end of the game. Um, Bremen, though, do you feel sorry for him? Uh, personally, not because I don't like them. But <laughs> if I <laughs> if I had to look at uh, this in an objective way, I would say yes because this was quite a promising uh, match day for them, playing against Munich. Mm-hmm. Is is a bonus match if you if you can uh, maybe at least draw it's a bonus point and if you lose no one says okay that's that's, that's not bad but looking at the matches Dortmund Mainz and uh, Paderborn Leipzig where mm. both uh, of the um, of the Düsseldorf end of Mainz could uh, secure points that was uh, very bad for Bremen I saw a meme with uh, I don't know, you know SpongeBob SquarePants the TV show yeah 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 with SpongeBob and Patrick opening uh, like a box. For for that and uh, inside was uh, Werder Bremen uh, logo and they said come in come in. <laughs> yeah, no one was expecting the other teams to to secure some points and uh, now Bremen are in a very tough situation because Mainz is I believe six points away. They won't. Uh, they their only hope is uh, the the playoff matches. But um, yeah, we will see. Düsseldorf is in the pole position now. And I, I can believe that Düsseldorf wins against uh, Augsburg next uh, next Saturday. Yeah. So it will be very, very tough for Bremen to uh, to secure Bundesliga. Well, we're going to look at the fixtures later on today, but we'll, um, we'll get them out because all the games are on Saturday this week. Um, and there's just some key, key results. We were talking, we've been talking about it so many times saying, oh, you know, Bremen, don't worry about it. Just put your kids out. You're going to get pumped and then just focus on your last two games. I don't think they're expecting any of those results to be to happen this this midweek. And it's put them in a bit of a precarious position now. I mean, like uh, Bremen, they've got, they've got Mainz away on uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, when we've got uh, Dusseldorf there at home to Augsburg. You know, it's it's not looking very pretty. Uh, down there at all, and uh, uh, two, I do feel two massive I, matches uh, in the fight of uh, staying in the Bundesliga. Yeah, exactly that. Um, Bremen, I, I felt they were unlucky at times, but to be fair, it was only going to be a matter of time before before Bayern scored. Did you feel the same? Yeah, and it's even if they hadn't scored for a couple of minutes more, it's like Bayern Munich. They they score even in the, in the last five or ten minutes or in the last minutes. That's Typical Bayern Munich way of playing because, like what what they have on their on their kit and in their what their motto is Mia San Mia. It's it's the way they play. You know what it means? No, I don't actually. You got a translation for that? It's uh, Bavarian. Yeah, and it's actually it means we are we. Oh right, okay. So like we are special. We are an, a special kind of of team. And uh, we do things our own way and their ways. Always believe in your strength. Always believe in that uh, that you're the winner, that you're the best. And uh, that's a way of playing. They transport for so many years now. And it's no comfort, uh, coincidence that they are champions for eight times in a row. And that's why they score very often last-minute uh, goals. Yeah. They, it's they, not they, any luck. It's, it's ability. 
what they do. Yeah, and uh, they they do find ways of just grounding teams down. Um, the only Bavarian that I know is Salvus, uh, which is goodbye. <laughs> and um, I discovered that because I was in uh, I was in Munich for the Champions League final in 2012. And um, it's also hello. Oh, is it? See, it's so confusing yeah. in Bavaria. So I said, I, I said, I was on the way out. I was like, choose. And they were like, no, you don't say choose in Bavaria. You say Sarvus. I was like, oh, bloody hell, do it like that. Um, so, yeah, get, get to Munich. First time ever in Germany. Upset and wind everyone up in, within 30 seconds of being there. Um, <laughs> but by Munich, our crown champions. That is the biggest shock in the history of football. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Munich. Yeah, even kids who went to school and just know Bayern Munich as champions. You know, every eight-year-old just knows Bayern Munich as champions. Yeah, it's exactly. As, as worse as it, as it is in Scotland at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Like to uh-huh. be fair, like if you're eleven or twelve, it's all you think. Because when you like, think about your earliest uh, earliest knowledge of football, you'd be three or four years old. It's like, well, how it works is there's seventeen teams in the, in the Bundesliga, all fighting for for second best. That's what it yeah. is. Um, same, same in Italy. Same in Italy. But I will still, I will still stand by the fact that Bundesliga is the most entertaining um, league in the world. I'd say the most competitive is the Premier League. But in, most, in terms of entertainment, I've said, I've said it about Bundesliga football for the last ten years. And one of the most exciting teams in the Bundesliga is is is, is Borussia Mönchengladbach, and they they won three 0 at home to Wolfsburg. A brace from Hoffman and a goal from Stindl towards the end. Um, no Alisson player and no uh, Marcus Turam. I was thinking they might not do very well in front of goal, but what, what, who am I kidding? Um, what a great <laughs> replacement is. Well, that, it was Mbolo and Hoffman as the front two. Yeah, I was uh, thinking the same way you did. And I was really surprised that they won so so clearly and scored so many goals because Wolfsburg is known for quite a, a decent defense, especially in away games. Mm-hmm. We just realized that in Leverkusen a couple of weeks ago when we lost 4-1 to them. And I uh, didn't thought that Gladbach could uh, have an, uh, transfer their offensive way of playing so well on those two players. Stindl is great. He's... Um, it's consistent, as, as isn't it? He's one of the most important players for their games. But uh, Hoffman was for a long time, was like always a talent, you know? Mm. As he said, what, what did you say to me once? Uh, all the gear, no idea or something all like that? All the gear, no idea, say? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, you can he was kind of like Germany. that. He, <laughs> he played for, for Borussia Dortmund, he changed to Gladbach, but he was never uh, able to become over the role of a, of a substitute or a bench player. Mm. Still, still kind of good, and now uh, he seems to uh, to grow and uh, to change his role, especially when uh, Turam and player are not in the squad, and maybe are not in the squad until the end of the season, mm. which are only uh, eight or nine days from now. So oh yeah, my exactly. God, There's, Bundesliga it's... will be over soon. I oh, know it's upsetting already. It's mad. Like we've got, <laughs> we've just had to come back, and it's the end of the season already. Um, the first goal, though, from uh, from uh, Hoffman it could have been disallowed and I think it should have been down to the letter of the law nowadays now um, Wolfsburg were on the attack and it the, the shot cannoned off Mataus and they went on a counter attack straight away and Bolo found Hoffman Bosch 1-0 I don't think it even went to VAR did it? No it didn't and uh, VAR is behaving very poorly in the last uh, one or two weeks or the last three two match days Mm-hmm. There were very many decisions or not decisions from VAR, mm-hmm. which the fans in Germany couldn't understand. Like lots of uh, handball decisions, but also many fouls and red cards. And my, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the scene with Alfonso Davis in Bremen. He kicked yeah. his opponent. It's obvious red card, and VAR didn't even say a word to the, to the referee to watch it. Same here in Gladbach with the with the goal. Mm-hmm. So I believe um, the referees at the German uh, at the DFB German Football Association should uh, sit together after the season and analyse their mistakes from the last weeks. Yeah. Um, look, look at England, not even your goal line. Uh, oh, yeah, working. exactly. Oh, <laughs> well, God, yeah. goal or goal line, does it even work? I think that, that I don't think there's anyone in the world that hasn't seen that. And if you saw the Sheffield United Twitter as soon as it, uh, as soon as it happened, they just put, really? 
That's all they said. <laughs> Poor Chef United. It helped my mate out because he won a couple of quid on that because I had a nil-nil draw anyway. Um, the, um, I wasn't to told you in advance. I said Chef United uh, was maximum uh, getting draw. Yeah, you did say that. With a little, little luck. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for sport veteran, I'm just literally going to come over to you. That's all I'm going <laughs> to no, be better doing. better not. Better <laughs> um, the second goal from Vlad uh, Gladbach uh, came from a knockdown by Liner. I really like Liner, by the way. Um, and um, yeah, he's knocked down, uh, found Hoffman, who, who got his brace. And um, he could have actually got a hat-trick on the hour mark. He... Probably one of the easier chances that he had. He's about 15 yards out and he dragged it wide. And that would have made him a little um, cult hero in, in, in Gladbach. But failed to do that. However, Traore squared the ball, found last Stindle, who swept at home first time. And I thought that was a really, really tidy finish uh, to make it 3-0. And Gladbach really deserve it. And they, they, they want top four. Um, they're, they're really trying for it. Um I know Leverkusen want top four as well. Uh, Leverkusen's result of the weekend didn't really help them, but it's a very interesting running to see who's going to get um, those Champions League spots. And also uh, the Europa League spots uh, will be decided down to seventh place based on the conversation that we had last last time out um, because of the Pokal, knowing that um, both Bayern Munich and, Bruce, uh, and um, Bayern Leverkusen will both be playing European football. It allows a team like Freiburg uh, to get in there. Do you see my little segues? you see what I'm doing there? It's really clever. Um, Freiburg 2, um, Hertha Berlin 1. The goals um, come from Grifo, um, lovely free kick penalty from uh, Ibisevic. I don't actually put penalty in the corner of that like I normally do. And uh, Nils Peterson uh, made it 2-1. However, it could have been 1-0 to Hertha Berlin. Um, with an absolute world-class hit. I think that is the best disallowed goal of all time uh, from Luca Bacchio. Luca Bacchio is someone who's actually, well, I've been slating quite a lot, actually, because I thought he was pretty terrible um, in since restart. I didn't think he was all that beforehand, but since the restart, he's not been great. And then the last couple of games, I think he's really started to step up again. Yeah, uh, I re remember a true word the, the commentator said in the match after that goal. He said that this goal would have helped him to uh, to get in the right way again, to get in the right yeah. line again. Because uh, since he was playing for Berlin, he was quite okay. But in summer, he was their uh, record transfer of all time. Yeah. And uh, he never could uh, fulfill this role. So he was really struggling. And especially after, after winter break with all the... Uh, Newcomers from Piontek and Cunha, and he was always struggling, and he was trying and trying, and, and could not um, could not score such a good goal or could not have such an impact. Now he had that goal, which would have been a massive uh, booster it's, for him. It's one and of the best goals uh, I've ever seen. Basically, um, for people that haven't seen it, back, yeah. um, he is about thirty yards out. And he scooped it with one foot and absolutely laced it with his other one. It goes right in the top corner. No goalkeeper in the world is going to save it. And it's if, if you do get a chance to go back and watch the highlights, please do. It was, as I said, it's, it's one of the best goals I've seen. It is the best goal I've ever seen that's been disallowed. It's such a shame. I would go with that. It's such a shame. It goes to VAR anyway, and there, there was a foul in the break in, in the build-up, um, in a very similar position as to where the handball was in the Gladbach Wolfsburg game, and they've gone back. And um, to be fair, it's not a very nice tackle, and um, the reader got a yellow card. The reader had uh, had a match from hell, I think. <laughs> I, think. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. And it, uh, I gained the impression that the reader wanted to help his former colleagues because he is a former Freiburg player. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I believe he forgot which team to play for. He, he, he must have. He got so confused. Um, both teams <laughs> are really fighting for um, a European berth this season as well. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> there's um, the free kick um, a couple of minutes later on for Grifo. 1-0. Um, Bosch, um, I don't think the goalkeeper did very well with that. I thought his positioning was wrong and the fact that he led with both arms rather than two arms, it seemed to push the ball into the back of the net and I don't think, yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of Ospina when he was playing for Arsenal and he used to do, he used to do those sort of goalkeeping 
faux pas and um yeah he's he's made a he's made a i don't know i don't know he's made a career and the equalizer um came from the penalty spot um uh, by vedan ivicevic i like to call him evergreen uh vedan ivicevic because he's been around for years um was he 36 now 35 36 35, 36, something like that, yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, Petkovic was was taken out by Robert Koch um, and then Vizovic stepped up. He, every penalty, um, well, all of his last 12 penalties, uh, if they've hit the target, they've hit the back of the net. Um, only one penalty is missed um, and that went wide. So um, keepers don't save Verdad's pens. That's the way it is. Um, so that, w- that was only literally like three, four minutes after after the opening goal, but uh, some casual passing at the back. Um, <laughs> the goalkeeper passed it to Dorita. Dorita, once again, as you just said, um, must have got confused as to what team he was playing for. <laughs> and um, yeah, Niels Peterson finds it and um, puts it home. That's his 25th goal from the bench, Mr. Super Sub. He is definitely the best sub in the Bundesliga. It's such a... Great joker and a great striker. I really like him because he knows where, where the goal is and he's working a lot for the team and he always has his, I don't know, 10 to 15 goals every season. Mm-hmm. But still, he's not starting 11 in Freiburg. That's a very different relationship between him, Christian Streich and Freiburg. Oh, everyone loves him over there. <laughs> it's he's a it? hero, but, but he's, not, he's scoring all the goals and he's still not playing all the matches. What's he need to want, do? He, but he doesn't need, uh, want to change the club. He loves uh, living down there in Freiburg, what is uh, one of the best areas in Germany, I can tell. I was going to say, if you ever I, go I've, to a football match, you have to go there. I've been to Germany many times. I've lived in Germany, as, as people know. Um, I've travelled to, well, I lived in Berlin. I've travelled to um, uh, Dusseldorf, Dortmund, or into Bremen. You know, I've been to, um, you know, I've been all over Germany. But I've never been to Freiburg. I've never heard anyone talk about Freiburg. What's Freiburg like as a, as, as a, as a town slash city? It's, um, from my point of view, it's the best town in Germany. Because right. it's 250,000 inhabitants. Mm-hmm. So it's not too big. But it's far enough away from every other big city like Munich or Stuttgart or something like that. So you have a, a whole city with everything you need. Yeah. You have the best weather in Freiburg in whole Germany. Really, yeah. you have, and uh, it's always sunny, or most of the time it's sunny down there. You have a little river through the city, you have a nice old town, and the people are absolutely relaxed. They have such a great way of living there. They're so nice, friendly. Um, I simply love it there. I have a couple of friends, or I found a couple of friends down there when I was on the way with Leverkusen, and it's just the atmosphere around the stadium. You know, the stadium is standing right in front of the, the Black Forest. And you can uh, from the from the guest area, you can see the black forest behind the stadium. Nice. Next to the stadium, you have a huge beer garden from a local tennis club. I'm interested club. now. It might it might yeah. it might be nine a.m. in in England, but I'm already interested. Um. <laughs> but you you need to be quick because they're building uh, at the moment. They're building a new stadium, mm. and they wanted to uh, change the stadium for the upcoming season. But due to Corona, they need a couple of more times. So maybe. If we are lucky, or if football fans are lucky, that they will have the stadium for another year. And this stadium is just—it's—it's it's small, it's tiny, it's look—it's—it's it's old. It looks a little bit like an English stadium. It's like traditional like English stadium football yeah. league ground. Yeah, exactly like this. So you have nothing really fits together. One stand is looking different than the other one, and it's in the middle of the town, so it's quite old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. But it's just just lovely, lovely scenery in the back and lovely people around there. No trouble with any fans, but it's still a good atmosphere. People are always joyful, cheerful. You can have great beer in the city. I don't know. I, you, I guess you will love it. Well, it looks like um, there might be a hope for an English club to draw them in the Europa League should they make it there for next season because it sounds like it's actually... <laughs> I, I love Germany anyway. Everyone knows I think Germany is the best country in the world. Um, and you've, you, you, you've sold Freiburg to me. I've never thought about going to Freiburg. And the, the flights are so cheap um, from the UK as well. So um, it's something that I'll, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into Um in the future um where shall we go next uh, let's go to the capital um as we've spoken about herta let's talk about their their city um, um rivals um union berlin 
they relegated Paderborn with a 1-0 win. Uh, Zielinski's uh, own goal there. Um, Paderborn had more possession and more opportunities uh, than Union Berlin, but that's not really a surprise, is it? Nah, it isn't. It's a surprise that Union Berlin could stay in the Bundesliga because next to Paderborn, they were the biggest uh, underdog for me in the beginning of the season. And because of that, there was quite a celebration before the stadium, which uh, wasn't really fit to the uh, current Corona measures in Germany. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't know, it was like 50 fans, something like that, standing right next uh, or right in front of the stadium gates and um, waiting for the team. The team was a couple of meters away, so no one could get infected, but the fans were like a whole crowd with the 50 people and uh, celebrating and having fun on the street. It was quite funny. It's like it's a special club, and it, this was uh, one of the the moments that, that prove it again. Yeah, yeah, special is definitely one way of putting it. Um, Paderborn, they never really stood any hope. They only picked up. They've only picked up four wins. They have got two games left. Um, in fact, who's, who's their game at the weekend? At the weekend, they have got um, Gladbach at home. <laughs> <laughs> It's not looking good for them. It really isn't looking good for them. Um, Union Berlin, they they just have no talent, but they work so strongly as a team, don't they? They do. And I believe they were driven through the emotions from the promotion last summer. And the first Bundesliga year was very special. And they have had, have had a great atmosphere in their stadium. So that's why they secured so many points at home. Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid that if the second season is up to come now, a little bit of that drive will uh, go away because it's the second year Bundesliga, things become normal. It's a development we, we see very often in Germany. We have teams also like Darmstadt a couple of years ago. Yeah. Who promote, manage to stay in the Bundesliga for a year, but the second year is way more difficult. Or just look at Dusseldorf last year, very good, yeah. good season in the midfield of the table and now uh, really struggling. So the second year will be more difficult for them than the the first year. You tend to and find I, that happens quite a lot in the Premier League as well. Um, you know, like the second season syndrome happened to... to yeah, um, Huddersfield. Huddersfield, exactly. League, yeah. Class A example. Um, and then the second year, you know, because like, for instance, um, well, even, even, even Burnley, Burnley when their first year back, you know, they, they, they looked really good. And then the second season, a bit, little, bit, little bit of Europe screwed them a touch. We thought that would happen to Wolves this year clearly hasn't you know they're flying um and that could happen to Sheffield United because Sheffield United remind me a little bit of Union Berlin there's no real talented players but as a team they are a talent if that makes sense so for the team they work together they do everything you know um what's right by the club uh, without having any standout uh uh flagship players so to speak so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Union Berlin. Um, they don't really have a lot of money, do they? Nah, they don't. They they live through the true community of their fans. Mm. As you know, the fans rebuilt the stadium. And um, they want to extend the stadium in the next couple of years. Maybe this could be uh, become a factor that they increase their, their income and their, their wealth. But till then, it's very difficult for them because... Uh, the bigger sponsors are going to Hertha because it's a bigger club. They only have rather local sponsors. They're like, like their 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 area, Köpenick, isn't even Berlin. You know, it it belongs to Berlin. But if you've been there, I know. Mm. Have you been there when you uh, lived in Berlin? Um, yeah, it's not it's not really in. But then again, to be fair, it's a, it's um, a different the, world. The, yeah, if, yeah, but if, to if be fair, there. the Olympia Stadion, you know, from like Freiburgshain, where I was living, and even when I moved to Vedin. It's 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 a long way. Like it's like an hour yeah. on the on the on the red line. Was you the U two I think or the U eight? I can't remember that. But the red the red one that goes all the way is at the end of, of the line. So <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the Olympic Stadium is very much in the west in the, in Charlottenburg and yeah. uh, the first arise the first arise very much in the east, the southeast of Berlin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I do like Berlin for a good night out. Um, Warschauerstrasse, all the stuff going on down there. That's that's a bit of me, that is. Uh, there's a nightclub there called Yam. Oh, 
Oh, that, that, that's a different story for a different time. But I'll tell you what, right? The, the, the hip hop and reggae that they were playing in there was beyond a joke. It was so, so good. Honestly, it's the best night out I've ever had in my life. Um, Frankfurt, um, my my lovely Frankfurt. Let's talk about them. Um, Frankfurt 2, Schalke 1. Um, Silver scored again. Um, <laughs> Best player in Bundesliga. Best player in Bundesliga. <laughs> um, Abraham made it 2-0. Um, McKenney, um he um, pulled one back. Then Boz Dogan um, was sent off on, on 78 minutes. Um, talk to me about those goals and about that red. Um, yeah, the goals were very quickly talked about. Uh, was The first goal was a counter-attack, which was played very well from Frankfurt. And Adrian Silva just needed to, to score in the one-on-one against the goalkeeper. Which he did uh, in a quite good manner. <laughs> so, okay, the second I can't goal. He's jammed. He's jammed his way throughout this, se- uh, this second half of the season, man. Honestly, he is. <sighs> yeah, but but look at his stats now. He played. I know. Well, I know. He's one games, made... got eleven goals. So his stats make him look like a world class player. Honestly, it'll be it'll be at, I don't know. It'll be at someone like Rio Ave next year or 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 Balenciennes. You know, <laughs> so he gets found out and then he'll be playing a relegation battler in Portugal. Yeah, but now he seems to be a, a good replacement for like Jovic, Haller, and Drebic, was which were a massive front three last year, mm. and. Uh, Together with Bastos, it's worse, of course, but it's quite quite okay for, for Frankfurt. Okay, you know, play, they had their problems this season, but now they're at eighth place, 41 points, far away from relegation. Tiny chance for Europe. I can actually see okay. Newcastle buying someone like Andre Silva. They'll see the end of his form and be like, oh, he's good. He's good. Yeah. 35 million points. No problem. And rest, do you know what I mean? Like, they paid 40 million for for Joe Ellington. Do you know what I mean? So like they'll probably pay like 60 or 70 million for him and he'll score one in like nine. And it, yeah, it, it, will get, it will get found out. Um, sorry, anyway, what's a, what about the second goal? <laughs> the second goal was a header after a corner. Bad defending from Schalke. Schalke's mm. uh, goal was... Um, also a header from a Kenya after a corner, but the whole game was about like Frankfurt controlling the game until the 2-0 and missed scoring the third goal. And then, you know, as the game can change, corner, bad defending, 2-1. Schalke became a little more a uh, little more brave then afterwards. They had one of the youngest squads ever, of an age of around 23 years, I believe. And uh, they started to create a little pressure. But uh, Frankfurt was able to, to save the three points and keep their tiny chance for Europe this year. Well, I, like, I felt like the first 15, 20 minutes, Schalke were on the front foot. I remember actually, like, for, for people that don't, um, that haven't seen the show before, uh, between the, the top presenters across all our shows, we've got a WhatsApp group and we're always talking and stuff in the group. But I remember, I was about 10, 15 minutes of the game, sending a message over in the group saying, Look at Schalke, they're on the front foot. They're doing all right here. <laughs> you know, I think, I think um, their, their fortunes have changed, but but clearly not. Frankfurt were just a little bit too strong for them. Yeah, that's where you can see that they, they have a young young team. They were, uh, in the beginning, they were quite quite courageous. I don't know if you can, if you can say mm-hmm. it like that. They, they tried their best, but it's uh, just running and, and fighting and um, uh, giving your best with the age of 18, 19, is mostly not enough uh, enough in the Bundesliga because mm. they have some quite talented players like like Bostogan or, or uh, what's, what's his name, Bujalab or something like that. Bostogan did get himself sent off though. Yeah, I believe he was a little much uh, too much motivated. He yeah. had a great, uh, he had a very good debut against Leverkusen mm-hmm. on, uh, on oh, Sunday. Oh, that was his first game. I thought he played. Was a his, of times. his first game? Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Fair play to him. So it was the second game yesterday. I believe he will learn from that and uh, it won't happen again. Well, probably what he wanted to do was, um, you know, just get get on his summer holidays as quickly as possible. I know I know things are opening up a lot more in Germany. Um, you know, I know your pubs are open, like some of your pubs and bits and bobs and that. So he thought, do you know what? There's only two games left. I'm just going to sit down and uh, take, take the rest of the season off. <laughs> Right then, um, let's wrap up a couple more games because I know that you've got a meeting to go to. 
Um, Augsburg one, Hoffenheim three. Um, let's uh, let's talk about that. Where's that game? There we are. Um, Hoffen oh, uh, nil nil at halftime. Um, oh, you got the removal men in. You got the removal men, or, or, uh, or, is, yeah. that, or is that Amazon delivery? <laughs> uh, kind of both. No, we have um, we renovated our office because we grew very much with the uh, whole membership department, mm-hmm. and coincidentally. We renovated in a corona, in, in a good corona way. So now we, before we had a huge office open space, but now we have some some couple of smaller offices. And as you can see, there's uh, glass behind me, so I'm sitting in a. You guys say you have to turn it a little bit. Three uh, people. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I believe these guys are just putting some uh, some images on the on the glass that uh, not everybody can watch through it. So if I'm doing a show while I'm working, <laughs> nobody can see it anymore. <laughs> As dedication to it, top comes first, by Leverkusen second. Um, yeah, I've, so. I've, I have to admit, I've been in the office, well, I was in the office at seven in the morning already. So I got a, a, a quiet space of time. I was definitely asleep. I was definitely asleep. And as I said, after this show, I will be going back to bed. Um, Augsburg 1, Hoffenheim 3. Let's talk about that. Um, so, as I said, it was it was half-time at 0-0. Um, and uh, in the second half, Hoffenheim got two quick goals uh, from De Boer on the hour mark. Well, just before the hour mark and just after the hour mark. Um, Vargas Paul went back with 20 minutes to go, but uh, Baby put it to bed in the last couple of minutes. What, what do you think of De Boer's performance? I think he becomes better and better. Mm. He changed them in, in winter. Of course, the corona breakdown was a problem. But now he uh, he develops to a, to an important factor. He seems uh, to balance their attacking game mm. uh, in, uh, in relation to Kramaric. In the beginning of the season, everyone was focused on Kramaric because he was the only one from the offense left. Yeah. The only good player. But uh, now Dabur seems to uh, fill that gap that was uh, left mm. by Joe Linton, for example. Yeah, he's mad because Joe Linton actually had, a, had an all right season last year, didn't he? Um, so I understand. Yeah, he's got why 15 he goals, something like that. He was. Uh, yeah. He has a great, great uh, physical. He has a great body. He uh, was a good heading player. He scored, I believe, two goals in Leverkusen and kicking us out 4 0 or 4 1 last mm. season. So. He played a decent Bundesliga season and, and changed to Newcastle and couldn't get a feet on the ground. Yeah, um, and he's only he's only scored one in the league uh, for Newcastle, which is uh, which is fantastic stuff, poor Barger. Um, but um, yeah, Augsburg, they're they're safe. Um, what what do you think of Augsburg and what what can they do for next season? Because I, I I I I like I think of them as like a Union Berlin, but stronger. So their players were better quality, but they don't have. Real like standout players, but they work together, and they got like Finbar Gardson and you know um, Niederlechner. Yeah, they're like Union Berlin, but maybe one or two steps ahead mm. because they they have a new stadium for thirty thousand people. It's not the prettiest one, but it's functional. It's okay. It fulfills all the uh, requirements uh, requirements from the Bundesliga, so that's quite good. They've managed to stay in the league for eight years in consecutive now, or eight mm. consecutive years. And um, they have a very good team spirit. They, To be honest, they don't have that many fans, but that's difficult because they're like 80 kilometers away from uh, Munich. So the most people in Bavaria go to Munich. Go there. And all, only the people from Augsburg, from within the city, go to, go to Augsburg. Mm-hmm. But um, they do very good work. From from an objective point of view, with a uh, few money, they always uh, achieve to stay in the Bundesliga. And what for me is the most important uh, point, what very remarkable is, um, after the Corona breakdown, most of the German clubs, like 15 or 16, uh, sent their people, uh, their their employees into short short time work. Uh, yeah, you have something like that in England. What Liverpool tried to did with their employees. Yeah, the furlough scheme. Yeah, yeah, we have something like that in Germany too. Like that, the state pays sixty uh, percent of your of your wages, and um, most of the Bundesliga clubs took advantage of that. The only clubs which didn't were Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Bayer Leverkusen, and Augsburg. Oh, although wow. they although they uh, haven't the most most money in the league, and the president said it uh, cannot be possible that the Bundesliga club 
who receives millions of millions from TVs and the media and sponsors, uh, uses the state to pay its employees wages. And they were, for me, they were a very great example for how a football club should be um, leaded. Yeah, I think that's, managed, that's, yeah. that's really good. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. And um, the fact that you you reeled out the first three names of like the, the the biggest clubs in in Bundesliga football, they didn't they didn't do it, which I'm which I'm happy about. Um, I think it puts to, when when a team like Augsburg, who haven't got a lot of money, then do it. I think it puts to shame the other the yeah. other clubs, especially like like Bremen and uh, and Wolfsburg and you know, um, which grab back teams that are, are big clubs in Bundesliga football that have got lots of money, lots of history and they're, and they're putting their staff on furlough. Yet, yeah. Augsburg with, with pennies say, no, we're not doing it. And that's why I'm very happy for them to, to stay in the Bundesliga because uh, this will have an relegation would have been horrible for them and regarding their finances. But now, They've uh, deserved to stay in the Bundesliga. That's got me in the fields a little bit. I'm I'm finding too many affiliate clubs in in Bundesliga. I'm not, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm literally going to just get all shirts. All well, uh, apart from Bayern. Uh, I'm not talking about shirt. Augsburg. As I said, the stadium is uh, not that spectacular, and the atmosphere is is, is okay. But but their spirits good. there. The the city is great. Yeah, I believe you will love the city. Bavarian city. Many uh, beer houses. Oh, well, I love great, Bavaria. Great, anyway. great old town. Mm. And also uh, a great club scenery because it's uh, too far away from uni clubs. I don't mm. like clubs and discos, but uh, all the people from around Augsburg and Augsburg go to Augsburg. Similar with Freiburg, so you have quite a de uh, couple of decent clubs and uh, discos in the city. Go so I also that. spent there a great night because I've uh, known some Augsburg players. Oh, okay. And uh, we've been to a club. Also, a story for another day, but <laughs> I can... <laughs> just just one sentence. Raul Bobadilla, he's he's massive. He's uh, like I don't know. He doesn't fit through the door. He's so <laughs> so huge. And he, and he came to the club with uh, I don't know two of his friends or bodyguards, something like that, which were even more massive. Oh god! And I was sitting. I'm not the biggest. I was sitting between them, and I was like. Okay, <laughs> what am I doing here? I was going to say, you make me look fat. Um, <laughs> all right, last couple of games that we'll, that we'll wrap up before we uh, disappear and um, let you get on with some actual work. Um, let's um, talk about Leipzig. Leipzig 2, uh, Dusseldorf 2. Um, another game that was goalless at halftime. Um, but uh, that changed. Um, Kevin Campbell... What a strike. What an absolute strike. That is definitely goal of the month and arguably a, a contender from goal of the season. He's, he's on the left-hand side. Um, he's, a good, he's a good 25, 30 yards out and he's, he's just put his right peg around it and it's, it's looped over the goalkeeper. I say looped over. He's got a little bit of pace as well. Um, and he's just arrowed straight towards the, the, um, the far post and goes in. 1-0, party time. Um, Timo Werner, uh, he made it 2-0. With uh, well, literally about two minutes later, it's so funny because the commentator said, "That's what Timo Werner give him a chance, and he will always score." Well, no, he doesn't. Um, so he's he's missed a lot of sitters this year. So when it, you know, um, good finish though, very good finish. Game over. You know, they're looking at potentially leapfrogging Dortmund uh, to get into second place. Well, no, um, Shribsky. Yes, I can say his name now. Um, made it, uh, made it two one three minutes to go. Then Hoffman from a corner um, with an equaliser, and that Dusseldorf result has literally mixed everything up down the bottom. Uh, if you want to be mean for Leipzig, you can say a draw is not a surprise because they've drawn all the six... last home games. Yeah, six of the last seven games at home they've drawn now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it was a little. Well deserved for for Dusseldorf because they lost a lot of points in the last minutes, and now it's, it seems to, to be the well, it was the first uh, match for ages that they could secure a point in the last minute. Yeah, and what a massive point for them! They're now one point ahead of Bremen in the pole position for the uh, playoff matches. Which to stay is in the giant, Bundesliga. absolutely yeah. giant. And if we go back, no to one would have expected again. that. And I believe this this goal and this point can release some energy 
also regarding the match on Saturday against Augsburg because yes, Augsburg they've got Augsburg at home. True, they have six points and ten goals uh, ahead of Düsseldorf. They, Düsseldorf plays at home against Augsburg, I believe. Düsseldorf will make that match. It will make that game win that game and make it even more complicated for Bremen. Yeah, that that for me is going to be played at like a cup final for for yeah. Düsseldorf. Um, Leipzig. They well during the week last week we we realised that um, the Champions League will be going ahead, um, and all the the, well, the quarterfinals, the semi final, and the final will all be played in Lisbon. Now, one player who hasn't who has already opened up has said that he will not be part of that Leipzig squad is Timo Werner. Just pretty much sealing the idea of him going to Chelsea in the summer. Do you think it's a good idea that he's admitting himself in the squad? I don't know. I, from from fan point of view, I would say, oh, I can't understand that, that kind of behavior because he has a, a good squad with Leipzig. They have a good position in Champions League. They're in quarterfinals. Maybe they have a great match to play against Real Madrid, something like that. If Real Madrid is able to win against Man City, but uh, can't understand why you throw that away. But it's in the end, I guess it's just about money. You will uh, sign the contract in, in London, and uh, they say, okay, you don't play Champions League, you you play for us. The moment you, the contract starts, so I think from a from a player's point of view, I think it's one of the most selfish things going. Yeah. You know, Leipzig have already proved that their home form is absolutely shocking. If they had to play two games. Um, in in, like, in each round of the quarterfinals in particular I wouldn't trust them at home but they've got a good chance away the fact they're going over to Portugal they're, they're two wins away from a Champions League final and on a one-off game you can win that so yeah. that could have been his first opportunity for silverware at being the most coveted prize in club world football I think it's I think it's damn right out of order. And I think this actually says a little message to Chelsea fans about questioning loyalty. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, um, I, I don't think it is doing the, the noble thing there at all, but uh, we'll see. It might, it might work in his favor. Um, Leipzig might get knocked out of the quarterfinal stage. Um, but I would, I, I really want Leipzig to do well now in the Champions League, just to put a finger, uh, two fingers up to to Vernon and say, well, you're going to treat us like this, then, you know, screw you. Um, Patrick Schick probably bagging with his head or something. But um, Leipzig, 2-0 up after after an hour. They had three or four opportunities as well. Danny Olmo had another good game. Um, why are they finding it so hard at home? I don't know. And I believe they, they even don't know themselves. Maybe it's just um, they're 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 too sure at home. I, I can't imagine it's uh, it's so difficult. But what I can imagine is that Julian Nagelsmann must be pissed. Mm. He is so ambitious, and they were in winter or before winter break at Christmas. They were ahead of the league, and they were they were top in January. But it's yeah. not a thing. Like before the Corona break, they were still drawing games at home, which they should be winning. Yeah, everyone was expecting them to be a. Uh, very good competitor for for Bayern Munich this season, mm. or maybe the most promising competitor. But uh, the way they played at the end of the season is just uh, no, shocking, very bad. Yeah, it is. Lucky for them, they had uh, such a good, uh, uh, such so many good uh, matches in the uh, before Christmas, so that the uh, Champions League is quite sure for them. But a bit like Schalke with their relegation woes, isn't yeah. it? You know, good start of the seasons, absolutely saved their skin. Um, towards the end of it and um, yeah why not why don't we talk about your boys um, we haven't spoken about them yet um, Bayer Leverkusen 3 um, Cologne 1 um, goals from Bender Havertz and Diaby uh, for the home side um, Bornau um, scored just on the hour mark um, which could have made it a bit hairy for Bayer Leverkusen but um, it's a really interesting fight between uh, Leverkusen and Mönchengladbach for who takes fourth spot. And um, it, it's, it's keeping me very interested in the Bundesliga this year. But um, before the game, we were talking about uh, Leon Bailey 
Um, and the fact that Leon Bailey hasn't really done a lot, we're not very impressed with him um, since his breakthrough season. I actually said since he decided that he was going to play for Jamaica, um, he's, he's not actually been very good since. He got a couple of assists there and looked pretty pretty shiny yesterday. Uh, Leon Bailey is like a roller coaster. You know, he has those heights, those lows, he has good games, he has not so good games. And I always have the impression that if he plays against uh, bigger teams or stronger teams, he's better. And if he plays against um, smaller teams, he's not that good. So that was why I, that's why I was surprised that he had uh, quite a good match there yesterday. Lucky mm. for us. And um, I hope he can maybe one day get some consistency in his uh, in his uh, performances because mm -hmm. he's definitely a player who could uh, make the next step away from Leverkusen to uh, one of Europe's top clubs. But the way he plays for Leverkusen is not enough to make that step. Yeah, I mean, like it's difficult to to guarantee yourself a position in that side at the end uh, of the day because your front four. You know, Kai Havertz leading the line, and you're three in behind. You've got Diaby, Bellarabi, um, Alario chips in every now and then, like sits a little bit deeper. Um, Derrin Bai, um, Folland, Vo Kevin Folland, you know. So, how, how does how does Leon Bailey step ahead of those guys, or is it just a case of him happy being part of the squad? He knows he'll get his chance at some point. Yeah, he, he already was ahead then because he was there both before like uh, Diaby, but Arabi was a lot of in had a lot of injuries, and the main problem from Bailey, from my point of view, is that uh, his stepfather, who also is his manager, hasn't the best influence on him because he always is like uh, very loud, very noisy, always talking uh, some shit chat about his uh, uh, son that he's the best, uh, the best player in the world. I don't know, and. Um, if his father would be a little more calm and would uh, teach Bailey to be a little more calm, to focus on the really important matters, I believe he could make his way because he has uh, all the gear. <laughs> he has all the gear <laughs> and some idea. Um, I was really impressed with Diaby. Um, I thought he, he finished his opportunity really well. I really like um, how, how young the squad is at Leverkusen. And I think... If they could keep these names together, you know, keep Havertz, you know, keep um, Diaby, keep Bailey and keep the, the, the experienced players as well. Because you've got a, a few really good experienced players knocking around there to level head the, the, the kids. I think there is a decent opportunity that you can push for for a title in the next couple of years. I hope so. We will have the chance at the cup final. Mm. But um, the way of Leverkusen is always signing promising players, develop them and uh, sell them for, for more money. So I'm afraid the same will happen to uh, all the names you just, you just mentioned. So you're the, you're the Leon of, um, of Bundesliga football? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or the, or the, uh, in, in European terms, the Benfica Lisbon of, of Bundesliga football, or FC, Porto FC or something like that. <laughs> Uh, no, um, no, no, they win titles, mate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure in Portugal we would also win a title. Oh, okay. <laughs> no sure. <laughs> but, uh, no, at the moment we, we were able to, to keep, the or keep the squad together, at least for next year. I, I don't believe that we will have any major losses, maybe except Kai Havertz. But it's yeah. just, just one. Also, it's a key, although it's a key player, it's just one player. One player can always be replaced. Yeah. And uh, I trust in, in Palacios, who haven't pl played a lot, in uh, in Demirbay, in uh, Amiri, to develop and uh, to fill the gap, which which will be left by Harvard. Yeah. And uh, even without Harvard, we still have a competitive squad for next year, and we should focus on the cup, on the cups, like yeah. Europa League or German Cup. Just get so Those are, Yeah. This is where we can get some silverware, whatnot, in the Bundesliga. Well, that's the thing. If you, if you go out and win the Europa good. League, that gets you in the Champions League anyway. So, if you do come fifth, whatever reason, that's even more incentive to throw everything that you've got at the Europa League. As a fan, the Europa League is for me the most interesting uh, competition for Leverkusen 
because we're actually able to win something there with a little luck. Mm. You have uh, great away matches like we had in in Glasgow against Rangers. Great mm -hmm. uh, away tours with the lads. So uh, I love playing Europa Europa League. If I could choose, I would say playing Champions League group stage, get the big money, finish third, get to Europa League, and uh, I don't know, have some quarter or semi finals every year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, but um, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of remedy on that one. Let's get the Bundesliga table up. Right, okay. So, as you can see, uh, Bayern Munich are champions now. They can't be caught. There's only two games left, so there, and there's 10 points between them and Dortmund after Dortmund's defeat on Tuesday night. Um, third place is Leipzig on 63 points. Um, and Leverkusen currently occupy the fourth spot. Um, there's three Europa League spots up for grabs now because of Bayern Munich and uh, Bayer Leverkusen making it to the Pokal final. So uh, Mönchengladbach currently sit in that fifth place, but they have every chance of over of leapfrogging um, like um, um, Leverkusen. Hope they don't. Hope they do. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, <laughs> Wolfsburg doing everything they can to throw away sixth spot because uh, Hoffenheim is level on points with them now. Freiburg only a point behind them. So. With two games left, there's still a chance that uh, Frankfurt in ninth place can get a Europa League spot. At the bottom of the table, Paderborn are gone after their 1-0 defeat to, uh, to Union Berlin on Wednesday. Uh, Werder Bremen, they are second from bottom. They're a point behind Dusseldorf after Dusseldorf picks up a shock draw against uh, Leipzig and Mainz, even more of a shock. Uh, they're now on 34 points and uh, it's going to be difficult for, for them to be caught now. So it looks like the bottom three Wolves end as it is. It just depends on what order 16th and 17th spot are. Um, the fixtures for this weekend, all the games are on Saturday, all the games are at 2.30, uh, all available on BT Sport on different, uh, uh, different ways of seeing that. But I'm sure everyone will be watching Arsenal instead. Um, Bayern, Bayern Munich versus Freiburg. Uh, Leipzig versus Dortmund. That'll be an interesting game. Hoffenheim versus Union Berlin. Dusseldorf versus Augsburg. Berlin, Hertha Berlin, I should say, uh, versus Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, Mainz versus Bremen. Massive, massive game at the bottom there. Uh, Schalke versus Wolfsburg. Uh, FC Köln versus uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. And relegated Paderborn. They will face Borussia Mönchengladbach. So there are some very interesting games still to be played and still things that we don't know the answers of. And this weekend will, will, will you know, sort of uh, answer those questions for everybody wanting to know what's happening with Europa League, Champions League and down the bottom. Looking forward to this weekend because we have some, some final matches at this weekend and uh, especially race for Champions League my uh, well I believe that Leverkusen and Gladbach will 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 win the last two games mm. so if Leverkusen won't I'm afraid they will lose their position because I'm 100% sure that Gladbach will be able to beat Paderborn and uh, Berlin and uh, also having an eye on fight for relegation or fight against relegation Mainz gegen Bremen, uh, against Bremen, as you said. Giant Quite interesting game. match. Yeah. Most uh, important game for Bremen in the season. Yeah, definitely. It's a do um, or die game. It is. It really is. If they lose that, um, you know, I well, Dusseldorf will beat, or at least get a point, I would say. But I think they will beat Augsburg, because Augsburg are safe. They've got nothing to worry about down there. So I think, um, I think that's them. Uh, that's, that's them done so right then well Flo thank you very much for joining me on the show today um, if you're watching this live we'll be back um, later on today um, with our top fives we're reviewing the top five worst goalkeepers of all time not just in the Premier League of all time so we're going to talk about that um, if you're listening back to this then you need to uh, go back on to anchor.fm forward slash T-U-T-F, which stands for Two Up Top Football. You have to listen back to all our shows. Um, this weekend, there's plenty of shows on. We have got uh, a preview show on Saturday. Um, we have the um, Bundesliga review show on Sunday and the Premier League review show also on Monday morning. But for myself and Flo Wolfram, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>